Hey everyone, welcome to Finance in a Flash. On this episode, we will be continuing our series on financial planning opportunities and mid-market downturns by going through tax loss harvesting and the advantages of using such a strategy. Again, we thank you all for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoy it. To learn more about us and our firm or the podcast, go to beaconfinancialstrategies.com. All right, here we go. All right, everyone, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. This is our fourth episode, and we're continuing the series on financial planning opportunities amid market downturns. And in doing so, we are going to go over tax loss harvesting this episode. Um, But as of today, we are filming. It is June 18th. Uh, Chip, how are you doing with everything? I'm doing great. I uh, can't complain. It's been an interesting period of time to be in. Yeah, so I think last time we talked, the market was going up, but since um, March 23rd, the market's up 40%, um, which is, I think if you would have, if we would have taken a poll to all of our clients or even ourselves, and you would have told me that in March, I might have slapped you in the face. And then now yeah. it's, it's a reality, which is insane to think about. Yeah, and it just goes to show that um, no one knows. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there was any pundit that kind of said, okay, it's going to be, this is going to be a snapback uh, recovery. And even now it's, you know, there's a lot of talk of, oh, it's just a false um, movement forward. And, but it is a reminder that the markets are forward, very forward looking. So, you know, the, the idea that, you know, the numbers are still negative. I mean, I think this week uh, unemployment numbers came out and, you know, still another million plus rise yeah, in unemployment. Half, yeah. So, you know, it was uh, it, it's still an ugly situation if you just look at the numbers. And uh, but nevertheless, the market has kind of uh, progressed forward. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We kind of talked about it in previous podcasts of kind of tuning out the noise of you know, say Yahoo Finance or CNBC. And hopefully, I'm looking forward to uh, writing an article in the next year or so that. Um, all the pictures and screenshots I've taken of all these articles that said the Dow was going to go below 15,000, the S&P was going to go to 1,000. You know, it's just, uh, again, you brought up no one knows what, you know, what they're talking about really, at least in the media world. You know, it's just tuning out that noise, It's it will save you a lot of heartache. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I would say that it shouldn't matter for from an individual standpoint, what happens on a day to day basis, it really shouldn't. I mean, you're investing for a period of time that's, you know, a decade or more away and you sh- really shouldn't care. And um, it's I know that that sentiment is awful hard to uh, maintain, especially when, um, you know, something so extraordinary as a pandemic is kind of occurring. Uh, but nevertheless, that's the way you, you really need to approach it, and that's how you make investment decisions. And it's uh, you know that's that's the most successful investors do that. You make an, a, a decision and uh, to invest, and you kind of uh, let time work its magic. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100. percent So now, um, enough of the small talk. Let's get on to the topic of the episode, which is tax loss harvesting. And Chip, some people might not know um, what that is, but it an incredible opportunity, especially mid-market downturn. So if you could provide an example um, to maybe someone who doesn't have, let's say, a financial background on what tax loss harvesting is. 
Yeah, and first of all, I'd say that tax loss harvesting only impacts your personal accounts. So your personal brokerage accounts, your personal mutual funds accounts. It does not have any bearing on 401ks, IRAs, Roths, and other what we call qualified accounts. So when we talk about a tax loss harvesting strategy, we're talking about what happens inside those personal brokerage accounts. And just to give you an idea of what that is, you know, you have, if you have, let's say you invest in a uh, mutual fund and it declines, you know, so let's say you invest $100,000 in a mutual fund, uh, it's March 23rd and it's, you know, worth $70,000. Your 100000 has declined to 70000 uh, to no fault of your own. The IRS says that you can, by realizing those gains or losses, by realizing those losses, that $30,000 loss, you can take that on your tax return uh, as a uh, to offset gains. Uh, you know, first of all, it offsets other gains that you may have throughout the year or even, um, you know, earlier in the year. And if you exceed that amount, then uh, that dollar amount carries forward indefinitely. Uh, but you can also take a three thousand uh, dollar loss on your tax re- tax return to offset um, other sources of income. Yeah, that's uh, a good um, a good definition. I think um, important question some people might might have is that you know. Um, like what would be, I guess, the main – okay, I'll actually I'll pose this question. Can you offset your salary, just say your W-2 income, with uh, tax loss or well, uh, on can, an investment in your personal account? Right. So you can offset um, – if you, if you have um, no gains, like investment gains to offset investment losses, then you can take about a $3,000 uh, deduction from income. Okay. Perfect. But it is limited to that three thousand dollars. Yeah. Now let's say you have in the example I just gave, there's a thirty thousand dollar loss. You didn't have any gains that uh, the thirty thousand could offset. So you could take a three thousand dollar loss on your twenty twenty return, um, but then you can carry forward the twenty seven thousand dollars of losses indefinitely, and those uh, losses could be used to offset gains in subsequent years of you know, investment gains. It could also be gains from, if you have a rental property, it can also uh, potentially offset those. So, you know, it's, it's actually a good way to make uh, lemonade out of the uh, loss, the loss, the lemons. Yeah, exactly. And so let's say you have, um, like you said, let's say my accounts in 2018, for example, a lot of investment stocks or accounts were down. You know, we had a, a big slump at the end of 2018 where I think the markets were down, you know, 20, 25 percent towards the end of the year in the last quarter. Um, let's say, you know, if but I, let's say my all my investments were account were down that year, but I had dividends of thirty two hundred dollars. So could that three thousand dollars that I'm using take care of the dividends for that year or how would that work if it I potentially could offset okay. it, it could it potentially could offset it's you know it's one of those things where um it, it is complicated from the standpoint of identifying uh, the logistics of the order of mm-hmm. how things are, are taken but by and large investment losses 
uh, can be very useful and yeah. very uh, productive when planning uh, in other, you know, through subsequent tax years. Uh, and, you know, especially in the case if you have a, a, a sizable investment portfolio, a personal account, uh, you know, you're going to have gains over time. And so having these losses could be beneficial. Now, keep in mind that you want to be uh, careful about exactly what you do. So let's say you own uh, an S&P 500 index fund uh, and it's declined. So you take a loss there. You know, it's important from my standpoint, you, you don't really want to completely exit the market because you could see a situation like what's just happened. Yeah. And, you know, you sell and uh, the market immediately goes up 40%. Well, now you've, uh, you know, the losses that you've missed have far exceeded the taxable benefit of that transaction. But what you would want to do is kind of make a lateral investment move. So maybe you sell large cap domestic stock fund A and you buy large cap domestic stock fund B with the proceeds. And so your investment strategy really hasn't changed. The only thing that has changed is the fact that you've realized a loss in one fund, but your market positioning has remained the same. Yeah. So, and that brings up a good point, but let's say we transition there. You also have to be careful with something called a wash sale rule, which essentially disallows a loss from selling the security. If you, if you buy, it says the de- the definition is it is a substantially identical security if purchased 30 days after or before the sale. So what would be Yes. So what would be um I guess a tactic like say for example we have, you know, a Total Vanguard stock fund VTI which is a ETF ticker sy- symbol. Um and then we switched into something, you know, VTV Vanguard value. Um, they do have slightly different investment objectives, so that would be okay. But when you're going directly into another one that mirrors it, I guess what would be your criteria for avoiding that wash sale rule when, it's, yeah, when it is somewhat the same? Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, you really want to be careful about this because the IRS could back come back and question this. And so, you know, to me, uh, the definition is is simply a, you know, it has to be an identical. If it's an identical switch, you know, if I'm if I'm selling, you know, Vanguard S&P 500 index fund and I'm buying, you know, Barclays S&P 500 index fund, you know, that to me is kind of that's the same. Yeah. So you may not avoid that wash sale rule in that case. But if you're selling an S&P 500 index fund and you're buying a Russell 1000 index fund, you know, your your the investment strategy is not that different, but it is not identical. Yeah. And so you just need to be careful about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I also think that, um, and, and I know we've potentially used this for, for some clients, and I think it's a good strategy as well, that we personally, let's say we have a stock right now, you have $100,000 in Amazon, which has absolutely crushed it you know, in the past several years and really forever, and you have a million-dollar portfolio. We really don't like to exceed that 10% threshold, and really that's a lot you know, for your entire portfolio to be associated to one security. And this could be a good scenario where Amazon did dip a little or maybe one of your other investments dipped and you can use that loss to offset the big gain that's in Amazon to kind of lower that um, position as well, which I think is a good strategy, especially in times like this. It's still a good investment for sure, but we definitely 
don't want to be overexposed to a specific security as well. Oh, yeah, that is that's an excellent point. So, you know, oftentimes people will come into our office and they have legacy positions of some sort. And we are a very tax efficient um, uh, investment advisor. So we're really trying to um, control the tax end of everything we do, really. But, you know, in a situation like this, let's say Amazon is a 10 percent stake in a person's portfolio. Um, and, you know, of course, we all know the risk and over-concentration and client and uh, co- uh, company-specific types of risk. And so, you know, we want to uh, reduce exposure to that position. Well, you know, here's our chance. We take a loss in uh, one position, uh, the S&P 500 fund, for example, move to another large-cap uh, U.S. stock fund with that. But then we use those losses to offset the gains that we trigger by selling a portion of our Amazon stock. And it's just slightly repositioning the portfolio, but reducing our exposure to Amazon, for example, is something that we really wanted to do is in the client's best interest there, you know, in the distribution phase, maybe. So maybe they need the money to spend. And so, you know, we're taking advantage of those losses uh, to, to do a trade that we uh, were encumbered with taxes beforehand. And so it's just a, a, a hugely beneficial, beneficial strategy for, for people to consider. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, some people might say, well, Amazon's never going to go down or, you know, these big companies are never going to go down. But if you look at Boeing, who had, you know, $75 billion of revenue in 2019, you know, it took a 72%, 75% hit in a matter of three months. I mean, this is a, a ginormous company we're talking about. And if you're taking oh, if you're taking distributions from your account, let's say you're retired to live, you know, that could be that's a large amount of your money that you're taking out of that is has been hit and now that money is worth significantly less now that you're taking out of it. Um, right. And so it, And there have been you know, you, you mentioned Boeing, but there are tons yeah. and tons of examples of companies that are huge companies that take an enormous hit. I mean, you know, all lots of the air, the airlines right now, any of the um, hotels, resorts, uh, stocks, any of, uh, gosh, I remember BP when the oil spill was happening, uh, their uh, Volkswagen mm-hmm. uh, when they were having their issues. I mean, there's tons of companies that this happens yeah. to that you, you just never know. And uh, any kind of concentrated stock risk is is one that we scrutinize very heavily and think about it in the context of a client situation and, and come up with a game plan of how to handle that. And is it worth, you know, accepting that risk or or realizing some taxes and kind of uh, taking some of that risk off the table. Yep, I agree, and um, and that's you know that that's a good point. And as we kind of close the episode, um, do you have any other, I guess, last thoughts or, or or tidbits? I think it is important to kind of hit on a few things. One, um, you can carry forward losses forever, right? That's right. Um, yep. You can only carry forward three thousand a year. That's not saying that. I can have a hundred thousand in losses for twenty twenty one, but I can only use three grand that year. But they still That's go right. forward. Um, number two, or you know, there's only it can only be done in taxable accounts. So IRAs, four hundred one ks, rot, they're all excluded. Um, yeah, and, and I think there's really, and then of, again, avoid the wash sale rule where we identify we sell a position, but we cannot transition into another identical fund. I think it's important because a lot of people think, well, I just sell that 
uh, position, um, you know, am I just sitting in cash? Well, no, you know, we can go into a similar fund, but it doesn't have to be identical. Yeah, and that's a good point too. And I think you're alluding to the fact that you want you don't want to own a inferior fund. Yeah. So let's say that you know there, and you so you want something that's close, but is just has just the same quality. And so you have to be careful with that um, uh, that change because you don't want to swap from you know a great fund like some of the Vanguard funds we talked about to a lousy fund. Uh, that are out there that are, you know, have a similar investment objective, but higher internal cost, less tax efficient and all those things. You kind of want to uh, make sure that you maintain the quality of each investment that you own. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely think that that's important to to maintain that quality and, and to keep the same investment strategy as well. Um, but, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up, Chip. I don't know if you had any any closing thoughts. Um Nope, that's it. I think uh, just be careful with uh, these trades. You know, you never want to see lots of turnover in accounts because, to be honest with you, turnover is a fr- can be a frictional cost on a lot of different levels. And so, you know, just uh, I would want to make sure that okay, you're you're making trades for a purpose, and you're very strategic with how you you execute that purpose. And so, you know, I think that trades can be beneficial in client for client accounts and. Uh, you know, so just, but just, you just need to be careful. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. And, uh, this is finance in a flash.